Good morning, class. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where our spirit is fed, our faith grows stronger, and we learn how to be overcomers. That's God's plan. It's God's will for his life is that we not go through life failing and being defeated and being overcome, but rather we overcome and we experience victory after victory, the scripture said he always causes us to triumph. So no matter what you're dealing with today, uh, there is victory and there's a way. The scripture said, um, you know, that God always provides a way of escape. There is a way through it. There's a way out of it. There's a way over it. Just because you can't see it or if anybody, no one around you can see a way out, that, that doesn't mean there's not a way out. It just means uh, men don't see it yet. God already knows. So let's release faith and join faith together that he will show us uh, the faith that overcomes the world, our part, so that he could do the part that we can't do. And we can experience a deliverance, a victory, a need met, whatever it is. God's interested in it. And if we'll do what he tells us to do, we'll see outstanding things. Father, we join together, uh, everybody together joining for this class, asking you for the anointing, asking you for your help, asking you for your grace. Uh, enable us to see what we need to see right now and show us the steps to do that we may walk in the path that gets brighter and brighter, that we may come out of darkness and confusion into your glorious light and liberty. And we say, Lord, get glory to yourself in, in every part of our lives that others may see and know that you're real and that you're good. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. If you would turn in the scriptures, turn in the scriptures to Hebrews, the 10th chapter. We've been on a series for some uh, weeks now that we're calling by faith. And if you haven't been with us, let me encourage you go back, you know, go online and go back to the previous weeks and lessons because we've been going through this uh, Hebrews 11 verse by verse and we're down to uh, what verse 32 or something, I think. And uh, there's a lot we've already covered. And so if you hadn't seen that and heard that, let me encourage you, it won't cost you anything, go back and, and feed on it, catch up. And we start here in the 10th chapter, because this wasn't written in chapter and verse, and he's already talking about faith in this 10th chapter. He said in 1035, he said, cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Now we touched on this in previous weeks, but this word confidence You'll see it again uh, in the 11th chapter. You'll see it in numerous other places. It is another word for faith. Um, actually, in 11.1, you know, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, 
the evidence of things not seen. Well, in uh, uh, Young's literal translation, reads like this. It says, faith is of things hoped for, a confidence, and of thing, matters not seen, a conviction. Here, Young's literal, which is a very good translation, very accurate, uh, it says, uh, faith is confidence, and faith is conviction. So confidence, we're going to be seeing that in numerous different ways, but keep it in mind that confidence is another word for faith. He said that, and this confidence, this faith pays off. It has great recompense of reward. He said, don't cast away your confidence because we can say it like this, it will pay off big time. In verse 36, for you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Verse 38, now the just shall live by faith, <clears throat> but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Here we see uh, drawing back is the opposite of confidence. Why would you retreat? Well, lack of confidence. Why would you uh, pull back? Actually, it could be accurately translated shrink back. Shrink back. Well, the scripture said God didn't give us a spirit of fear or timidity, but a spirit of love, power and love and a sound mind. Um, the opposite of confidence and faith is uh, being insecure, being afraid, a lacking confidence, pulling back, uh, retreating, shrinking back, hiding. Uh, real faith involves real courage. <laughs> real faith involves overcoming fear in all of its varied forms. I, intimidation and insecurity, all of these are just lesser degrees of fear. Whether it's insecurity, intimidation, uh, dread, or whether it's full-blown panic, it's the same stuff, just different degrees of it. And to yield to fear is the opposite of yielding to faith. The more faith we get in us, it displaces the fear. It pushes out. The more faith we get in us, the more confident we become in our God, in what He said, and in what He has put in us and what He has called us to do. And when you confidently, boldly step out on what He said, that's when He shows up. That's when you see miracles and amazing things happen. Uh, he said, verse 39, but we are not of them who draw back. Let's say that out loud together. We are not of them who draw back. Amen. I'm not one that shrinks back and cowers and hides in fear. We're, we're making the choice to trust God, believe God, step out boldly on what he said. We are those that believe to the saving of the soul. Now, in this 11th chapter there, you see the definition, a definition of faith. We see he begins to give uh, specific examples, how that Abel walked by faith and how that Enoch walked by faith. Verse 6, without faith it's impossible to please God, for he that comes to God must believe he is, and he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. We see it was by faith that Noah uh, built the ark. By faith Abraham obeyed God. 
and we see Sarah, and we see, um, you know, like we said, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and, and Joseph and Moses, and we've made it all the way down here to verse 32 in our study. And like we said, if you haven't seen, been with us for these previous verses, you don't want to miss out on that. Take the time. It'll be worth your time. Take the time. Go back. Feed on it. Watch it. Uh, there's just short segments, each one, but they will accumulate in you as you feed on them, help you out tremendously. Verse 32, he said, What shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, and of Samson, and Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets. So where he's been just mentioning one individual in a verse and talking about that, now he said, I don't have time <laughs> to tell you about all of the heroes of faith that are in the Word of God. And he mentions what six of them here in one verse, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and then he says, and of the prophets. So that would include Elijah, Elisha, Isaiah, Jeremiah, all those guys. So there's a bunch of people referenced in this one verse. And then he summarizes, he says in verse 33, he said, through faith, they subdued kingdoms. Through faith, they worked righteousness. Through faith, they obtained promises. Through faith, they stopped the mouths of lions. Well, that's Daniel. Through faith, they quenched the violence of fire. Well, that's the, what we call the three Hebrew children were thrown into the fiery furnace. They escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. All of these things happen as a result of what? Their faith in God. Uh, can you see why we're having faith school? This is big. This is important. And the thing that many have not understood is that everything that happens in, in our life is not just up to God. Our having faith in Him, our having courage to believe Him and to obey Him, that's not what He does. That's not His part. That's our part. And if we refuse, and we do have a choice in the matter, we can choose to run and hide instead of step up and believe. We can choose to shrink back. Our choice, uh, and let me say it like this, maybe it's a, a more clear way. Everything that happens in our life and beyond this life is uh, the result of our response to God's Word. You think about the gospel. That's God's word. That's his truth. Whether people are saved or lost, whether they spend eternity in heaven or hell, the results of that uh, is their result of their response to what he said. Either they believe it or they don't. Either they receive it or they don't. Either they'll act on it or, or they won't. And that's true uh, in the biggest thing, being born again, but it's true in every other thing too. The just not only uh, born again by faith, the just live by faith. We just got through reading. The just walk by faith. So we, we've studied here in verse 32 already of these individuals. Uh, last couple of weeks we studied about Barak 
and saw how he walked by faith and great things happened. We, we studied about Gideon as well. And I want us to look now at this man called Jephthah. Go back to uh, Judges, please. To the book of Judges in the 10th chapter. Now you might say, well, who is Jephthah or Jephthah? If you uh, say you pronounce it a different way, I, I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> yeah. uh, but in, uh, who is he? You know, you might say, man, I hadn't heard much about him. Well, my thinking is, if, uh, if the Spirit of God thinks enough of what happened with this individual's faith to name him specifically in Hebrews 11, it's worth me looking at. What do you think? Absolutely. And so in Judges 10, we see that after what happened with uh, Gideon that we studied and talked about, numerous things happened. Uh, but in the 10th chapter, in verse 6, it said, The children of Israel did evil again in the eyes of the Lord, worshiping the Baals, and uh, Ashtoreth, and the gods of Aram, and the gods of Zidon, and the gods of Moab. I'm, I'm reading the BBE, the basic English Bible. Gods of Moab, and the gods of the children of Ammon, and the gods of the Philistines. Now, this just sounds almost hard to believe, because that was the first thing God commanded them not to do. Right? That they were to worship the Lord their God, and Him only do you worship, and you don't bow down to any idols or any kind of that thing. And he warned them and warned them about what would happen if they did. But they did. This is how everything's happening on the earth. You remember God told Adam and Eve, <clears throat> stay away, don't eat of the tree, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You know, anything else? All the other trees, wonderful, good, enjoy yourself, but that tree. And then the next thing we read about in Genesis is they're standing by what? That tree that the Lord told them to stay away from. People say, what? Why is that? Well, it's the enemy. He's going to tempt you to disobey God. And he's going to use every kind of reasoning and logic and rationalization. He's going to pull on, on your eyes. He's going to pull on your mind, your flesh, everything, your pride. And so uh, it's easy to read this and go, well, that's just crazy. Why would they do that? But you could ask yourself the same question. <laughs> Have you ever disobeyed God? You know, have you ever done something you knew he specifically told you not to do? Well, then you did the same thing they did. But the big problem was this. It said they gave up, and I'm reading the, the basic English Bible in verse uh, 6 here. They gave up the Lord and were, and were servants to him no longer. They forsook him, I believe the King James says, and they didn't serve him anymore. So in other words, they just wrote God off, the one true living God. They, they, they stopped reading uh, his commandments. They stopped thinking about the, the, the blessing and the curse and all the things he had given them. Um, everything, you know, Genesis, 
Exodus, Deuteronomy, all the things that had happened and been revealed to them there. And they just changed gods. They just went to something else. Now, again, people read that and they shake their heads and go, how could people do that? People are doing that today. First of all, there are billions of people on the planet who worship actual false gods and other than the one true living God. But then, uh, besides just praying to a statue or, or worshiping the moon or, or whatever, uh, you can have other things in your life that's your God, that gets all your attention, all your worship, and you don't have time for God. But that's a foolish, foolish thing. Oh, it pays to put God first. Do you believe it, class? The scripture said, you know, Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what had happened? All the things later on, he said that the Gentiles are looking after everything the world is chasing, working itself silly for, uh, all that stuff. God will add to you what you eat, what you drink, what you wear, where you live. Instead of you chasing it, it'll find you. There is a different way to live than most people live, but you have to choose not to put yourself first, not to put your children first, not to put your job first. Everybody awake. You can't do that if God's first. If you worship Him and you serve Him, then everything else and everybody else comes after Him second, third, fourth, somewhere down the line. And many, many, many people, even many church-going people are not doing that. They, they make other choices, and that costs you. And that's what happens here in verse 7, since they forsook the Lord and served Him no longer, then the wrath of the Lord was, was hot against them, and He gave them up into the hands of the Philistines and the hands of the children of Ammon. Uh, the complete Jewish Bible says handed them over. Uh, basic English says um, uh, gave them up, like we just got through saying. This was not God's choice. And this is where some, some major mind renewal needs to happen. It's, uh, <laughs> it's illogical and unreasonable, but people do it all the time. Folks that in good times want to act like they don't believe in God uh, at all, in bad times then, they want to blame God for all the problems. And yet when everything was going pretty good, they acted like He didn't even exist. Well, that's a problem. Does God owe protection and provision to people who reject Him, who rebel against Him, who deny His existence, who blaspheme Him? No, He does not. He does not. And you'll see what happened here. It was their choice. It was a bad choice, but it's their choice. Keep reading. It says in verse 8, That year the children of Israel were crushed under their yoke. For 18 years, all the children of Israel on the other side of Jordan in the land of the Amorites, which is in Gilead, were cruelly crushed down. This is the enemy working through their enemies to steal from them, to kill them, to destroy them. 
And verse 9, the children of Ammon went over Jordan to make war against Judah and Benjamin and the house of Ephraim, and Israel was in great trouble. One translation says they were sore distressed. Great trouble. Well, what should you do when you get in big trouble? <laughs> Does anybody know when you, when you get in big trouble? Hmm? Blame God. Get mad at God. Huh? Blame everybody else. <laughs> People do, but it's a big mistake. The reason why this is recorded is because at this juncture, uh, they did the right thing. What they do, verse 10, then, when they were in great trouble, the children of Israel cried out to the Lord and said, Great is our sin against you, for we have given up our God and have been servants to the Baals. They admitted the truth as to why they're in such a bad way. We, we missed it. We left you, Lord. We went and served these stupid false gods, and now we're in trouble, and we're asking you for help. And the Lord said to the children of Israel, verse 11, He said, Were not the Egyptians and the Amorites and the children of Ammon and the Philistines and the Zidonians and Amalek and Midian crushing you down, and in answer to your cry, did I not give you salvation from their hands? <laughs> Think about it. Now, every one of these, see, this goes back to when he brought them out of Egyptian bondage. And then after that, the Amorites, and the Ammonites, and the Philistines, and the Zidon. This is different time. This is over a period of decades and years and different generations and junctions. Amalek, Midian, isn't God faithful? How many times had he delivered them? How many times had he spared them and got them out of trouble? And he said, but for all this, you have given me up. You left me. You forsook me. You've been servants to other gods. So I, I won't be your savior any longer. I'll deliver you no more. That's bad news. <laughs> now we think, well, will God actually say that? Well, you're reading the Bible, aren't you? But whose choice was it? Was it his choice? It wasn't his choice. They're the ones that left him. Oh, if, if I could stand on the mountain with a megaphone and shout it to the world, God is not your problem. The problem is humanity has left God. And when you forsake God, you forfeit his protection. You forfeit his provision. You forfeit his blessing. I mean, it's, it's insane to expect when you reject him for him to protect you, <laughs> you know, especially when you've gone to something else for your provision and protection, which is what you see in verse 14. He says, go, send up your cry for help to the gods of your selection, the ones you've chosen. Let them be your saviors and deliver you. In your time of trouble. Let Baal get you out of this. Let Asherah. And, and, and that's not being mean. That's being reasonable. They didn't want him. They rejected him. They forsook him. They said no these are our gods now. Well okay. They're your gods in good time. Let them get you out of this. But the children of Israel said to the Lord. We have sinned. <laughs> And this is why we're about to see a miracle. 
because they didn't keep arguing and trying to hide and cover and blame. We've sinned. Do to us whatever seems good to you, but deliver us only, we pray thee, this day. And they weren't just empty talk. They put away the strange gods from among them, and they served the Lord. They got rid of their statues. They got rid of their idols. They quit all that junk, and they started serving God. And notice what, what the Bible said. His soul was grieved for the misery of Israel. The Lord was moved. It bothered him to see them hurting. To see, is the Lord still moved? I mean, we see Jesus in his earthly ministry when he saw people hurting, moved with compassion. But it is deception and confusion to blame God for the calamities and problems of men. The problems have been that people have rejected God. They have pushed God out of their lives, out of their jobs, out of their professions, out of their schools, out of their governments, and then turn around and say, well, God, why aren't you protecting us? Well, you said you didn't believe in him. You took his name off of stuff. You, it doesn't work. You can't push him away with one hand and say you want his good things with the other hand. When you pushed him away, you pushed away your protection. You pushed away your blessing. You pushed away your provision. Not us by the grace of God. Amen. Somebody say, not us. not us. I'm not forsaking the Lord my God. I'm not rejecting Him. I'm not leaving Him. I'm going to cling to Him. The psalmist said, my soul follows hard after thee. What does that mean? If the Lord stops quick, I'm going to hit His back because I'm, <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> Sorry, Lord, didn't know He was going to stop. <laughs> Why? We need to be close, 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 close. Sticking very close. And when you do that, he's the light. So you'll be walking in the light. You'll be enjoying him. Can you see this? That uh, so much of the world, it, it just, it grieves my heart when I hear people mad at God. And they're talking about, God, why'd you, why'd you do this? Well, well, if he didn't do it, he let it happen. Well, why though? Why, why'd he let this happen to them? It wasn't his choice. It wasn't his choice. Remember, Jesus said, I give to you the keys of the kingdom. That sounds like a big thing, doesn't it? And what did he say? Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What's that saying? Well, another word for loose is allow or permit. He's allowing what we allow. Can you see this? He really has given us a complete a completely free will and a complete choice. And if we make the wrong choices and push him out, he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. That means he doesn't just push his way into your life. You have to invite him in. If you haven't done that, child of God, or if you haven't done that, friend watching this, let's do it right now. Say it out loud. Father God, I believe in you. I believe in your son, Jesus. Jesus. Come into my life in every part. I yield to you. I confess your Lordship over my life. I don't run from you. I cling to you. You are my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. Hallelujah. Well, we're out of time for today. 
We'll see you next time here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.